For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to continue our conversation as we meet the Titans 2021 NFL Draft Class. Today we're discussing third-round pick Elijah Molden, cornerback out of Washington, and the team used the 100th pick on Elijah. He's a guy that you've actually you played against his father in the league. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Before we get into that, though, I want to ask, do you believe? And now a quick word from one of our sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Dean, man, I had a really good weekend when we're talking about NBA picks. Things were going very according to plan, at least that's how I'll phrase it for myself. But the NBA playoffs are happening. NHL playoffs were now into round two for all of those games. Major League Baseball getting started, getting involved there. Also, from a gambling standpoint, we're looking to kind of get in on the action. Julio Jones odds. What is going to happen for the Atlanta wide receiver? Uh, full disclosure, we're recording this episode on June the 1st. So kind of we're telling you all about that post-June 1st deadline and what that could mean from a salary cap situation and for teams trading for Julio Jones. But safe to say, if news does break, Julio Jones is traded to the Tennessee Titans. We'll be here to give you a bonus episode of Believe in Titans because that would be huge news to be able to update that wide receiving unit for Tennessee. And so, again, we will keep a close eye on that. But right now, I mean, there there's at least been some talk that the Titans have had conversations with the Falcons, where they stand as far as front runners. I wouldn't exactly call them front runners to land Julio, but they're definitely in the conversation. And I will say I feel better about their chances today than I did this time when we spoke with you all last week. So not much of an update there, but we should be expecting news sooner rather than later when it comes to the status of Julio Jones and where he will be playing come next season. But moving on to the topic of the day, breaking down the Titans' 100th overall pick, Elijah Molden, out of Washington. We got a guy that 
his dad, Alex Molden, played in the league for several years. His dad actually played at Oregon. Yeah, All-American. What did you say, D? He was the talking about this before, and he was the 11th overall pick in the first round yeah. of the and 1996 right. NFL draft. So, dad yeah, also played the Saints, defensive yeah, back. All-American at the University of Oregon. He came out when I – we are the same age. I actually took a red shirt year, so we came in hot in college the same year as in 92. But he was a big-time player, very dynamic, explosive, and how ironic. Some 20 years later, we're talking about his son. <laughs> yeah, Elijah Molden, hometown out of Westland, Oregon, was a senior with the Huskies. And his dad now is a motivational speaker. Looking into Elijah I can tell that that is the son of a motivational speaker whenever you look at the leadership qualities that he possesses on and off the field. And this is a guy that I think Titans fans, I understand that this was the second defensive back that the team took in this year's draft. And I know when we, we kind of go back and we look at where we were at the time of the draft, people were like, man, we we really need to kind of do some things at that receiving unit. But I think for Elijah being there with the 100th overall pick and the Titans being able to take him, I mean, this is a guy that could come in and start right away covering the slot at that nickel position. Whenever I'm, I'm watching his tape, indeed, I will definitely leave the breaking down of the defensive backs to you because I, I know that's your specialty. But when I watch his tape, the first thing that just stands out to me is he's very instinctive. And you can tell, yes. I mean, we just talked about his dad. You can tell he's actually been taught by someone who's played the position before because he understands the game so well. And even though he's a little bit smaller, his measurables came in at five uh, nine and a half, 192 pounds. But you look at his measurables, you would probably say that's not the prototypical NFL defensive back nowadays. And that's that's a fair assessment. That's I mean, obviously, if you look at what the average length of a, and height of a cornerback is in today's NFL. It's, it's not what Elijah is, but that honestly is probably why he slipped to where he did and fell to the Titans because some teams are going to be a little nervous about his size. But I look at it another way. I, I view this as a guy that if you take his skill set and you put him in a position that is going to really highlight his strengths, I see this guy being a really quality defensive back for this team and he's a guy that can come in and we've not really had anyone play I know it's not been too long but I would say the last decade the best slot the best cornerback we had to kind of sit in there in that nickel position cover the slot would have been Logan Ryan and I feel like this guy could come in and play a Logan Ryan type role for this team well let me say this you know I love you like a brother I've never wanted you know I tell you that every week and sometimes well we aware, have a D. great relationship I know and I still love you. But you, oh, you remind me of a girl I used to date. You always want to bring up these flaws about physical measurements. Physical measurements don't mean nothing, D. How tall you think Daryl Green was? D, there's always exceptions to the rules. There's always <laughs> exceptions to the rules. But that doesn't stand oh against the point. Listen, man, I'm just saying why he fell to the Titans at 100. I would have had a higher grade on him. It wasn't because of his size. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. See, if you take this player and you make him six foot one, I guarantee he's a second round pick. Not necessarily because he should have been a second round pick anyways. And let me tell you something what the scout said about him, especially R Lewis Riddick, who actually played the game. He called him a Jedi, a Jedi in the slot. This is from one of the best commentators. This guy knows football, Lewis Riddick. You see him on Monday Night Football all the time. And I, he loves Elijah Molden. And if I was a scout, 
Hey, let me tell you about a scout by the name of Anthony Trash, who's with Pro Football Focus, and he believes he was a second rounder. And let me tell you something. He might be 5'10", but he plays like he's 6'5". He plays like a man among boys on that field. He is the real deal. And I'm excited to get a chance to talk about him, D. Let me tell you something. Throw all the physical measurements, all these physical attributes, throw them out of the door because the film, it don't lie. I'm telling you right now, I played my favorite player that I had a chance to play with. My favorite player of all time was Blaine the Hitman Bishop. Out of where? Ball State, Ithaca, Indiana. He was a what? Sixth, seventh round draft pick. Okay, out of Ball State. And how many Pro Bowls did he make playing for the Titans? You know how many? I don't know the exact number off the top of three, my head. Three. Three okay. pro, pro Bowls. Think about it. Five foot seven. They call him Woody. You know why he played so hard? Because he had a chip on his shoulder. Because people always told him he was too small to play the game. We see this all the time. We get these guys because they're six foot two. And when you play a defensive back, a lot of times, size actually is a disadvantage. You think about some of the great corners. They were all small. Think about Aaron Glenn, who's now the defensive coordinator at the Detroit Lions, who actually, I learned how to play the game. And when I used to look at A.G. when he played at Texas A&M, you know how tall he was? He'll tell you he's 5'11", but he's probably somewhere 5'9". And he played about 14 years in the National Football League. Alex, excuse me, I want to call him Alex because of his dad. But Eli, that's why he went to Washington, by the way. He didn't want to go to Oregon. He's from Westland, Oregon. He wanted to get out of his dad's shadows. His dad was an All-America at the University of Oregon between 92 and 95 and 11 pick in the 1996 draft. Let me tell you something. The way that he raised his son, he plays the same way. Davey, let me tell you something. This is one of the most explosive, one of the most dynamic corners in this draft. And the fact that the Titans got him at 100th in the third round, this is a steal. I'm telling you, I'm excited. I love this guy. You know why? He's all heart. He's instinctive. You said it. You just said it. You alluded to it earlier. He's instinctive. David, you cannot coach that. That's a skill you either have or you don't. And coaches love that. Coaches will always say this. I don't care about your physical abilities. I want to, I don't, I just don't want you to play like a, I don't want you to be robotic. And he is instinctive. I watched his games this year and I just, I started sweating, Davey. I got chills just watching how good this young man is. He is the real deal. And I'm telling you something, Titans fans, get ready for an explosive, a playmaker, an instinctive He's like, I'm telling you something. He is a 21st century version of Rod Woodson with a little bit of Dion. I promise you, I said it. You could quote me. D, I first want to start off by saying thank you for making my point for me. <laughs> I didn't make any negative comments about Elijah Molden. I simply but you stated. you always bring these little things up. You like because, this girl I used to date. Dude, Just dude listen, listen to <laughs> I'm telling you, and I'm spot on as to why he fell to 100. It was because of his size. You no. might disagree, but that is 100%, not 100%, that is probably about 90% the reason why whenever you look at what some of the scouts that some of these NFL insiders are talking to, it's like, yeah, it's like if, if you want to use him in a certain situation, I think he's great. And this is not me going against him as far as being negative because I really do enjoy talking about this guy. I like this pick. I think he's going to be a really solid playmaker for the Titans, but there's a reason the prototypical cornerback in today's NFL is not five foot nine. 
There's a reason for that. And I know you can point to examples of guys that are outside of that mold. And I understand that happens all the time. And listen, like stereotypes are meant to be broken. But again, this guy, if he's six foot one, as I said, he's going to be drafted higher. Some teams just want to find that prototypical guy that fits their style of what they want to play. You can say whether that's right or that's wrong, but that there are G- GMs that do that all the time. And usually those GMs don't have a job in the NFL very long. I mean, there NFL, you go. You just said it. They yeah, don't have a job every long. I know. There I'm, you go. This, again, like I'm just stating actual observations on the world. That's not to mean anything. It's not going to be like, like uh, Rustin Webster for the Titans when he drafted like Doriel Green Beckham. Like Doriel Green Beckham had like all the measurements. Six he went, five. Like, he was six five. Yeah, he had all the measurements. Beautiful, beautiful frame. But what happened to the door? What out. happened to his career? It was bad. It was in shambles. But. Am I not wrong? I mean, he was a second-round pick. Uh, but what yeah. happened? What did he do? Nothing. Oh, not, say that again. Say that again. He Ooh, did I nothing. You just said that. He, what did he, he do? Listen, Can you say that word did, again? He did nothing, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying why this is good or this is bad. I am specifically stating why these guys go where they do in the draft. You look at these test cases throughout the history of the draft, specifically the last 10 years in the NFL, because it's the game's changing. So whenever you're looking at cornerbacks and you're looking at wide receivers, different style than you might have looked at a few years obviously there's always going to be some guys that just stand out they're going to be great no matter what they're going to be top guys but when I'm looking at Elijah Molden I'm glad that he fell to where he did because the Titans secondary was atrocious last year and granted we talked about how they've completely revamped that unit this is a guy that's going to come in they're going to expect him to play specifically special teams early on he's going to get into that rotation I am curious to see what this Titans coaching staff wants to do with this guy because he is more of a hybrid guy that could also play at the safety position. Based off what I've seen him do in college, I project that he'll be playing and covering the slot and the nickel. But Lance Zerline, do you want to know who his comp was for Elijah Molden? Which, Ooh, tell which me. NFL cornerback who's been pretty good. You guys are alumni of the same school. Tredavious White. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. You want to talk How about tall a guy? Is he? I don't know. I, don't, I, I didn't look it up. Five ten. Neither here nor there. That's five foot ten. I D. Go check the <laughs> tape and find where I say a guy that is five foot yeah. ten cannot play cornerback in the tape. league. Go find. We would make find, a terrible couple. We go, need some check, counseling. Check the tape, man. I never said it. I'm specifically you <laughs> the <laughs> reason why is. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll we'll settle this after the show. No, we're not. Um, we're going to talk about this for a second. All right, so whenever you kind of break down Elijah's film, we talked about he's an instinctive player. He's a guy that's probably projected to be more in line with covering the slot. What else about his game stands out to you? Everything. You got you to give me three. That's points. why I'm so excited, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to fight. We're, gonna, we're like a married couple. The problem is we've been spending so much time together. I love you, and I'm start and I'm starting to like can't stand you at the same time. So I and, guess we and I don't even think we're disagreeing on the on the conversation but, at hand. Okay, but let me say this: I want to give you again. I love this corner for Buffalo. Who's the number one corner for the Buffalo Bills? Who would you say that name is? Give me a name. I just said it, Tre'Davious White. White, yeah. Do you think he's not an elite cornerback? In the I, think he, I think league. he is an elite cornerback, and I hope you're I not about to just give me high guys. How tall, how tall guys. do you think he is? I'm not. I'm not uh, doing uh, uh, this, D. I'm not no, no, doing no, no, this, no, 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 no. You brought it up. We're gonna finish this. Come on, don't. Come on. How tall do you think Tre'Davious White is? I don't know. Probably five eleven. Five eleven. Chris Harris Jr. out of the University of Kansas now, who's with the Chargers, 
Undrafted free agent out of Kansas, played a long time in this league. How tall do you think that Chris Harris Jr., who was the standard for a long time for the Broncos, how tall do you think Chris Harris is? Five nine and a half. Five ten. Five ten. Okay. You want me to keep going on? D. I never said that there's not exceptions to the rule. Okay. One one more guy. I want to. There's a, a guy that I love for a long player that I love for a long time by the name of Casey Howard, who was a cornerback for the Chargers for a long time. You know that name, don't you? An elite uh, cornerback. I'm aware. Long yes. Time in this I'm aware. Yes. How tall you think he is? I was he five ten as well. Five eleven. I give him. Okay. An inch. Let's just take size and throw this out because let me tell you something. Physical measurements mean nothing in the National Football League. My favorite player other than Blaine Bishop was the great Barry Sanders, the human joystick. How tall do you think the pride? It's of not State entirely true that oh, they mean nothing. Oh, I will say they don't go. they don't play as big of a role as a lot of people would lead you to believe. <sighs> I can't Listen, if, okay. a, if a guy misses a ball by an inch and he's only 5'5", oh. five, five, I would say yeah, it's probably an issue. If he was 5'7", he makes the catch. But again, I went through counseling because of our, about two podcasts ago, we had this meltdown. You, you gave me – I almost had like a meltdown when I got off the air with you, and I realized that I was wrong. So I want to apologize to our fans for us fussing at each other. And I just want to tell all of our listeners out there that me and Dave, we have a beautiful relationship. And I will say this, let's jump to the film. So when I'm breaking down a corner, because all these scouts, you know what the scouts have in common? They don't make the picks. It's the people inside those organizations that makes the picks. They just give their insight. And to a lot of players, that means nothing. Consider the fact that Denard Walker, of all people, played nine years and was able to start four years when he was at Tennessee. And a lot of those so-called experts said the young man would never touch the field. And he ended up starting 64 games in four years and playing, played on a team that went to the Super Bowl and a team that actually the following year got, went to the, won the AFC. So let me just say this, by the way, the film, it doesn't lie. And I'm going to start with this. When I watch Elijah on film, he is so explosive. But the one thing, one of the attributes that I love about him is his physicality. The ability to make tackles in space. If you play in space, you got to understand that the way that the offenses are now, you got to learn how to tackle. Tackling is everything. Tackling will actually prolong your career. You may have a problem sometimes covering, but if you are a good tackler, you always find your, find your way on that field. I go back to a game. I like to watch games. I like to watch players. You know why? Players make plays. And every time I watch Elijah, I go back to a game in 2019 against Utah. And let me tell you something. He took a very simple play where they threw a little screen pass and the receiver comes out to block him. Now, when the receiver comes out to block him, he literally just throws the receiver on to the other side of the field and makes in a huge tackle. And when he tackles a person, he don't just go up there and like thud up a guy. He's coming in there to blow you up. He plays with a nastiness. He plays with a, like, an aggression. He plays with this tenacity that I haven't seen in the, from a lot of defensive backs in a long time. I mean, when he comes to the party, he's coming to party, Jack. And let me tell you something about him. He is as physical as any defensive back that was taken in this year's draft. When I talk about instincts, when I think about the father of instincts in the National Football League, especially old school players like Rod Woodson, Daryl Green, when you talk about Dion, his ability to bait quarterbacks. But the one player that I love the most is Troy Polamalu. You remember a game years ago 
in Nissan Stadium when Palomalu jumped over the pal. He was actually blitzing on the goal line and sat Kerry Collins. You remember that? Unfortunately, yes. You did okay. Do you think that the Steelers defensive coordinator called that, or did you think Palomalu just said, you know what? I know the play. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna make the tackle. Matter of fact, I'm gonna get a sack on this play. I don't that? think, yeah, I don't think Dick told him to exactly. Do that, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Dick LeBeau, you know what? But you know what Dick LeBeau probably said to him? You did the right thing because he trusted his instincts. And that is a gift. That is a gift. And that's what I love about Elijah. He trusts his instincts. Davey, this young man is a three-time All-Pac-12 selection. He is an All-American. He's an academic All-Pac-12. So you know he's smart. And the thing that I love most about him is when he plays in space, he can come out. I watched a game against Oregon State, and they're in zone coverage. Now, when you're playing that inside slot, the hardest position on the field is when you play the inside slot position because you probably have three or four responsibilities. But I love how he's able to pass on a receiver, then redirect to help the corner on a like a post route on the backside, and then he's able to pick the ball off. And I was looking like, you've got to be kidding me. How did you know that the backside wide receiver was going to run a post behind you? David, that's just instincts. That's a gift. And that's what I love about this young man. Every time I watch him on film, D, I get excited. I don't care if he's 5'2". This young man, he makes plays. He's a playmaker. And so that's why I'm excited. I'm sweating because you know what? This might be the steal of the draft. He is a big-time electrifying player that's going to bring a lot of value to this team. When you watch his tape, one of the things you can kind of see is that he's reading the play before it really even takes off. And, I mean, that's one of the things about the great defensive backs in the league. You look at them, and they are – obviously it goes to instincts, but it also just goes to being prepared beforehand. And whenever they're able to notice a few things here or there about – I guess one of the biggest things for, for Molden is that, I mean, he, you watch him read the quarterback's eyes. He has a feeling of what the quarterback's going to do before the quarterback even does it. And so, obviously, whenever you're able to do that, it puts yourself in a much more advantageous situation. I really like that with how important it is to cover the slot nowadays – to have a guy with those types of instincts on your team, would much rather have it than the other way around. You know what else, D? I love about him? The versatility. You know why? Look at this. He can play slot, he can play safety, and he can play on the edge. You know what? In some packages, he can play linebacker. You know, and that's what would happen in a lot of packages today, because a lot of times when um a lot of these offenses, they want to spread you out and they want to add these four or five receivers. And you're starting to see a lot of uh, defensive schemes now where you take out a linebacker and you actually add the nickel at the linebacker position because he's actually going to be covering in space anyways. So what you want out there is speed. You want guys that can be able to take, you know, a certain part of the field. And that's what I love about him. The versatility that he adds to this defense. I'm telling you, D., I'm sweating thinking about how good when I, how good he is. He he is an ex, a dynamic player, and I'm telling you something. What was once the Achilles heel of this you know this team in the secondary, it might be his strongest point coming into 2021 season. This is a bold prediction right here, but within his first two years on this team, I'm going to say that Elijah Molden goes back to the instinctiveness, him just understanding what a quarterback is going to do. I'm going to say he gets an interception off of a wide receiver screen 
within his first two years. Going back to his instinctiveness, just being able to read the play before it happens, getting yourself in a situation where the other team's running a screen like that, you're able to jump that route, just create havoc. I think he's going to be huge. D, I will ask this, though. Obviously, I'm not saying it's a knock. Some people are, but you look at his measurables, as we've been discussing. But for things that he can actually improve on, what is an area that he needs to work on to make sure he's able to excel at the next level? Well, you know what? We don't get a lot of film, okay? So a lot of the clips that we're able to watch is a lot of YouTube clips. Now, one of the things that all players is basically just catching up to the mental part of the game. That's the hardest part. And that's what every player has to learn when they get to the National Football League. They have to learn how to adjust on the run because you're going to see more packages. Okay. Better quality. Okay. That's first. You know, that's going to happen. Now you're playing against pros. We're talking about the Julio Joneses, the Devontae Adams. Now you're talking about guys that can go get it. What it is. What you just got to do when you get there is just be able to catch up with the NFL game. You always hear pro players or coaches talk about the speed of the game. For all of us, including myself, I had trouble. It took me almost a year to catch up with the speed of the game. Once you catch up with the speed of the game, you can just go out there and just play, just react. And that's the one thing, even when you transition from like high school to college, it's just the speed is different. It's like when you're playing JV to varsity, varsity to college, college on the pro if you're able to make it that far. It's just getting the speed down. And that that's why a lot of guys struggle at every position. It doesn't matter if it's a right tackle, uh, defense alignment, linebacker. It's just learning to get the playbook down. Then it's a learning to just get the speed of the game down. Let it slow down. Jerry Gray used to always tell, tell the secondary, tell us guys, all the guys in that room, he used to say this, don't try to do too much. Allow the game to come to you. So what you do is just keep playing through. So when you're struggling, just play through it. But let it come to you. Let the game come to you. Jerry would say that all the time. Let it come to you. When you're struggling, let it come to you. When you're doing good, that means you've been able to adapt to the speed of the game. You've been able to kind of, you, you've gotten used to the all of the 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 tackling and all the other things that comes along with the game, the mental part of the game. When you get, when you get the mental part of the game down, then you just go out there like a Troy Polamalu or Ed Reed and you play fast. So it's just the speed. You already, we, we see the potential. So the potential is there. It's just getting the mental part of the game down. And once he's able to do that, whoa, you just let it go. And that's what I love about him. He's going to pick this game up fast because He's had a dad that's played this game, so his dad can tell him about the speed. He can get his son, you know, tell him about this is what you need to do. That's the greatest thing or greatest addition by having a father that played for nine years in the National Football League. They can tell you what to expect, and that's a huge bonus for any player to have. When you look at at least the guys that he has in his camp that's going to be able to kind of, one, I mean, the coaching staff here, but just on top of that, he's at least been surrounded by people that are going to put him in the best position to be successful. I mean, he obviously signed on to go play at Washington under Chris Peterson. I think exceptionally high of Chris Peterson as a coach and just as a person in general. So I'm not worried about this guy as far as anything when you're talking about making sure he's giving it his all. They talk about his love for the game is truly exceptional and that, I mean, he just like eats and breathes football. So it's hard to ask for anything other than that. 
when you're dealing with a player. Do you thought you had some good remarks there on ways in which you can improve? I'm going to leave you with any closing thoughts that you might have before we get out of here. But what do you got for me, my friend? Well, I will say this, D. Debo, I'll say this. You know, when you get this kind of talent, that's a good thing for a defensive coordinator now because when you have a secondary that can play lights out, you can be more aggressive now in your play calling. So if you coach, if you coach Shane Bowen now, who's a defensive coordinator, and we talk about adding Jim Schwartz uh, to that staff, now they can go out there this year and they can just probably just let it go. We saw some times last year they were a little bit tentative, especially in the back half. So now you think about it, Debo. You got Christian Fulton out of LSU, my man. You got the Jackrabbit. I love that nickname. We're not going to call him Janoris Jenkins no more. We're just going to refer to him as the Jackrabbit. You talk about Breon Borders. We both love Breon. We talked about how good those guys stepped up last year and played well. You talk about adding on the first round of Caleb uh, and Elijah Molden. You're talking about some Chris Jackson. I mean, this secondary, they've gotten younger. But you talk about at the cornerback position, they're stronger. And so now when you're talking about Anthony Midget and Scott Booker, the defensive back coach, you can go out there now and say, listen, we're going to be aggressive. You know, we're going to come out there. We're going to be more aggressive. That's what happens when you bring a lot of talent and you put it at a certain position. It allows you to change the way that you call games. That's why the draft is so important. It gives you hope. You know, it just gives you so much hope. So I'm excited because this is my position. You know, I love defensive backs and I'm just excited uh, about what he what. Uh, he brings to the table. I'm I'm just jacked up about this pick, man, because he is a ball hawk. I love it. Yeah, man, that playmaking ability is something that this Titans defense and secondary in particular sure could use a boost for this coming season. But that is everything we have today on Meet the Class. As I said at the beginning of the show, if any news drops on Julio Jones and the prospect of him coming to the Titans, we'll be here for a bonus episode of Believe in Titans. But stay tuned for next week as we get ready to discuss the Titans' fourth-round pick Wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville will break down his tape, what the Titans are adding at that receiving unit for a, a group that could use a much-needed spark, especially after losing Corey Davis. So we'll break down what Des Fitzpatrick brings to that group. But with that said, D, as always, my friend, I appreciate you coming on. I had a good time talking with you, even though we disagree. And it's more of an agreement, but we just have to find something, I guess. And we're at that point in our relationship where go. we just, yeah, we just – I love bicker it. about something, buddy. Yeah, I, I love you, my friend. But for those listening, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. Always open to your feedback. So if you like to reach out, feel free to do so on Twitter. With that said, you have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online. For Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson, and as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.